Welcome to Standout Life, a podcast dedicated to living boldly amongst the busyness. My name's Ali Hill, and as a psychologist, I love asking people questions. And I thought, what better way to do this than to get the people I admire into a studio to share their stories. This podcast is our corner of the world where all of us can dive deep into what it takes to live a standout life. Pip Edwards has made her mark utilising her own namesake initials and retro tomboy style to launch P Nation. With an impressive history in fashion and a Bachelor of Commerce Law, Pip had the platform set to create something unique. Her long-standing fashion career has seen her work with brands such as Subi, DLM, Sassenbide and General Pantsco. It was whilst working at Sassenbide that Pip's creative working relationship and friendship with PE co-founder Claire was cemented. Learning the ropes of the retail landscape whilst working as the design director at General Pants Co. gave Pip the platform for what came next. In this episode, we talk about personal growth, and we also unpack how Pilates reconnected Pip back to her feminine energy, something that she had ignored for many years. Pip is on a personal journey of self, and you'll hear the strength of her purpose behind everything that she does, which is her son, Justice. She also passionately believes that PE Nation is a platform to lift women up and encourage them to boldly chase whatever they want to chase. And Pip is the embodiment of this brand. Enjoy hearing the stories and the true essence of Pip Edwards. Pip, welcome to the studio. (laughs) Thanks for having me. The growth of PE Nation has been massive. So it launched back in 2016. Mm. But it can be quite a journey from the inception or an idea of a brand mm. to actually then seeing it come to life. Do you mm. remember that moment of even holding that first garment or that first mm. bit of material so this idea became tangible? What was that like? Well, the, the, the thing with PE Nation, and, and I said, my business partner Claire and I said all the time, it, it was such an organic evolution that, um, to be honest, in the beginning, there was no strategy and it was all and this concept. And because we'd worked in fashion for years before, like we've both been in fashion for 17 years, we understood process. So the process we naturally fell into. And I think for me, from that little idea of where it started we, was the name. The name was what came first, not the look or the vibe of it was just all in the name and it really was super clear how it would unfold. How did the name come about? Yeah, no, it was just as simple as, you know, a friend identifying my initials to myself. You, you know, something that's so in your face every day that you don't even realise and, you know, obviously being quite sporty, she was just like, you should be doing something like PE and it was just like, oh, my oh my gosh. And and that's where it kind of kick-started everything. So it was a beautiful way to start a business, not, you know, not like a, um, you know, it wasn't an intention, it was just an organic beginning. But when you do see it unfold and hit the market for the first time, it, it actually wasn't necessarily the product that was amazing. It was just the reaction from women. And I think that that's what was amazing. And that's what actually gave us the drive really to keep going, that women identified with what we saw as the product or the solution that we had for it. Um, and to see women embrace it and love it and love it just as much as Claire and I do, that's what's crazy. Was there a moment or a um, reaction when you talk about seeing other people's reaction? Yeah. Was there one that came to mind that you went, wow, that's that's more than what 
Yeah, I, I think it happens most days when I'm, you know, cruising around Bondi or doing the Bondi. When you're seeing it en masse and you're seeing people wearing it and, you know, I sometimes walk around a little, try and be a little incognito and, and you just see it and you're like, wow, this is also impacting everyone else, not just me. So, you know, you always have a responsibility and it's great. I think it's great because I think the space in which we work within fashion, yet I, I have such a fashion background, but working in that wellness space and impacting fashion in that space has such a different, different spin on it that it's quite amazing because, you know, we want women to feel amazing and strong and bold and confident and be proud of their personality. And I think that's what PE does. Was that a big part of the brand when you came up with the idea? Yeah, well, Claire and I, the brand, the basis, the values, I guess, um, the pillars of the brand are basically based on ourselves, not to be, um, you know, not to give ourselves a bit of an, a lift up, but it was like, what what is it that we need and want? And, you know, and, and we embody what we're real women, we're working mothers, you know, that love fashion, that love to train um, and, and love to be stylish at the same time. So we played to those strengths of what we knew that we needed as women. And clearly a few, were, other people that too. a few other women were into it as well. Yeah. Um, obviously fashion was a big part of your um, background. Mm. So this, the idea of fashion, I imagine understanding the industry, understanding mm. the process the timing. I think there's a lot that goes on with fashion that people don't really, you know, you're working a year ahead um, and at any given point in time you're working on four different collections, whether you're developing or um, producing or designing. It's it's nonstop, but it is a year ahead and it's a very strict, critical path to get it done on time and there's lots of people and lots of people involved along the way and lots of areas where it can actually fall apart, you know what I mean? So it's quite an intricate process and then all people see is the end result and they don't see the actual, the, the legwork, forgive my pun, but yeah. that goes on, you know, behind the scenes. As you say, you're almost predicting the future. What is it that's going, what is the fashion well, or how we set yeah. the fashion? I mean, that's what I think, and also you're, you're giving people a second skin, you know, so there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into that thought um, and I think, for PE, it's that balance of the forward fashion and keeping keeping up with the trends in on the um, you know high end fashion and on street and and what's coming, but but how people actually want to wear it and and the functionality of that. And I think you know we're in a, such a different age of fashion where it is about comfort and function, and you know fashion's kind of taken that twist. So it's exciting to be. In, in the fold. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and seeing what's what's going to come out of that. Now, fashion, whilst it's always probably been a part of you, it wasn't yeah, where your <laughs> headed to. What is it about your background, I guess, that has helped you where you are yeah, now? Yeah, through school, um, I, I studied a lot. I was, a, I was quite an, I was, a, my parents were very big on academic achievement. Um, I was an only child and I was just quite driven. They taught me to drive myself and all that kind of discipline. And I, you know, I played the piano and I sang and I played the flute and was studying all the time, um, you know, and smashed the HSC and went to uni and did my commerce law. And I just followed suit. My dad is a lawyer and my mum was in banking. So it kind of, I had this path already set for me by them. Um, 
And in hindsight, it wasn't for me, but I, I would do it all over again because what it taught me was I think you're quite young when you have to make those life decisions about what you want to study or who you want to be when you're 18. So I think it bought me some time to, you know, gain some knowledge, gain some skills. Um, but what it did was set my discipline and how how to structure uh, just work ethic as well. Um and obviously understand numbers and commerciality and all those kind of things. So when then when you move into fashion, which is so ethereal and creative and, you know, you can almost be a purist at points, it's, it's the intersection of that creative purity with commerciality when you get that sweet spot. And that's a really hard balance to strike um, and it's a really hard balance to maintain. So we're trying. Oh, but <laughs> any business has got to have that combination of kind of art um, whether it's ideas that you're pitching yeah. or an actual product. Well, your unique proposition, but, you know, how feasible is it? Um, you know, and then there's an investment to it and then, you know, you've got to have your projections and your budgets and, and you kind of, there really is a science behind a business. It's it's kind of 80% business and 20% concept, really, Yeah, I believe. Yeah, you've got to understand the strategy, the levers and the drives, which obviously... And all the parts all and how all the departments work together to get to that end result and the alignment of those. And, you know, you've kind of got, everyone's got to have the same end end goal. So how, have you, how have you navigated that, getting a group of people mm. onto the same kind of track when they've got their own divisions, their own goals, their own areas? Totally. I, it, it's been a really, like I said, you know, we've had fast growth, so staffing's been quite full on. Um, we've been so fortunate in our business that, um, you know, we partnered with uh, our, our partners. Um, they, they run all the, like, the logistics, the finance, the back end. They kind of help us set the structure and we implement that with them and then it kind of allows us to drive forward. So I think structure comes first and Claire and I spent a lot of time working through what that structure looked like and I think when we set the business up, we set it up for scale. It was not set up to be something small. So I think, you know, how you set it up from the beginning actually tells your end story. Um, in terms of people, I think we were very lucky that the energy of the brand tracks like energy, you know, and I think when you have um, whatever it is, that cultural piece, the right people do come. Um, but what happens with growth is that some people sink or swim in that in that process and that's a really hard process to get through. But we generally um, hire the people that share the same passion and feel it as well because they've got to feel like it's theirs as well to get the best out of them. That's how they, they come on track. Oh, you know, um, you know, Claire and I don't, you know, we know our, we know what our strengths are. We know what our weaknesses are. You hire for your weaknesses. And in fact, you hire people that are better than you. Um, I personally love to be managed up. That's just how I am. Um, but we definitely give a lot of our staff their own authority to make these decisions because, you know, that's their forte. We don't know everything. Um, but together, when you come together, it's pretty powerful. Now, I understand your mum was a fairly strong character. and Yeah, it still is. Incredible. story of her own. Yeah. She, um, yeah, I mean, she grew up in Palestine through the really hard time, um, had to leave had to fled the, the whole family, had to move to Egypt. Um, she was probably one of the first women to really fight to have an education 
as a woman. Um, she was one of the first women to drive a car in Egypt to wear pants. I mean, you just couldn't even fathom what it's that means. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she's a very intelligent woman and she always, she always brought me up to be just fiercely independent, um, which is quite an interesting story because it kind of brought me up to be quite fiercely mascul- masculine. Um, so, but then she kind of came into the Western world and, you know, her first and foremost, her duty was to be the mother. So she actually gave up everything when I was born to, to, to look after me. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic where you're quite a pioneer of a woman. And then she doesn't, it's not necessarily giving in to being the mother, but she had to compromise that That for what, it was a shift for her. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm fiercely independent, but I never, I, I am still the, the mother and all these things, but I have to, uh, as a single mother, I still have to survive. And I, I you know, I'd nothing more I would love than to give my son a hundred percent of my time, but it's not an option. So it's quite a funny dynamic. My mum and I having this kind of, uh, you know, ebb and flow of what's right and wrong, but it's not what's right and wrong. It's of a time. And the timing is, yeah, can be a big part of that kind of conversation and the quality of time. But also just learning what what you gain from that experience. And I, I, you know, I thank my mother for all that she's instilled. Um, but at the same time, I'm learning to regain, you know, that feminine grace, which can be lost along the way when you're so fiercely... Uh, you have to be so fiercely strong. You have to put up a front. You have to look after your family. You have to run a business and you're doing it on your own. So it's kind of, it can be a tug of war. <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned that um, before, before we even jumped onto Mike, that, that that's part of even what you're going through. And I mean, the, the business um, has gone through massive growth and, and obviously more growth mm. to come. Um, but when it's so personal, aside from yes. it being your initials, yes. when it's such a personal thing, you often have your own personal growth as well. Well, exactly. I sometimes find I evolve through the business more and more. And I think especially when it is you and, you know, the business absolutely represents Claire and I to a T. Like we are, you know, we are who we are in this business and, and our vision is the business um and then when you start to learn about yourself you just start to peel the layers behind it all and and it can really shift your feelings of the the, the future of the business and how how you want it run and then how you want and then you kind of, it's like a mirror it's like a back and forth mirror and you're just like you know what's going on but I think for me I've been so gung-ho to succeed not, not success in the sense of you know providing for my child and providing for my family kind of thing but then success in actually being true to who I am and owning that space. And I find that when I'm at work, it's my, it's my safe ground because I can actually, I'm encouraged to be me. Yeah, beautiful. Was there a moment when you mentioned about, you know, starting to explore more of that feminine mm. energy, that feminine quality? Um, was there a moment where you kind of went, hey, I need to fill that side? More? Totally. And it was a it was a total mistake. In fact, I had, a, I had a really bad injury. I used to train quite aggressively. I used to do high intensity and circuit and weights and all those kind of things. And in a sense, I think that um, amplified my testosterone in me. Like, uh, and I have quite a full-on front as well. 
being quite a tomboy um, and then this injury floored me and I went to every single therapist, osteo, physio, chiro, whatever, nothing worked um, and some friends suggested that I go to rehab Pilates, which is where I met my life, my life saviour, um, my Pilates instructor, Kirsten, and within a month she had me mobile but also within that month went through this journey of not just Pilates, but connecting with my core and but connecting with my feminine, which was so clear that this injury wasn't just a physical one. It was actually an emotional injury. And through that, I was, it, it, my body was telling me that I was ignoring a very important part of my space that I don't live in or don't operate from. Um, and then as the journey goes, it's like getting out of your head space and your head noise and actually operating from that space of feminine power or even feminine vulnerability um, that actually becomes your strength, but at the same time actually working on your core. So I'm actually strong inside out. So there's a physical It's a physical and an emotional and it's really like... Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's very strong. It's very powerful and you don't really lose it. And it's actually quite amazing to, like, I never did ballet. I never wore pink. I'm not, I was never that guy. I had a G.I. Joe and, like, you know, a little motor car kind of thing. I was just, you know, loved footy, all that kind of stuff. Um, and maybe I don't know why. Maybe it was a subconscious thing or I don't know. And now I'm into embracing what that feminine means. And I think for a long time, for most women, and you know, obviously it's a poignant topic. I don't really like talking about the Me Too topic sometimes because I find it, um, I, I don't encourage the discouragement of men. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. But I understand how women have lost a voice and that's what I understand from it. And I think the only way to get your voice back is to not prove what happened to you but find it yourself. Find an expression of it as well. Find it. It's yeah. not. It's not a. It's not a consequence. It's. It. It actually has to come from, from inside. The that journey to, um, to starting to tune into the feminine can be a really exciting one and have that own tension, particularly if ma- that kind of masculine or that sense mm. of I need to safeguard, I need to protect, I need to look and after. I, yeah, and that experience can kind of knock you back there, and you know you can mm. fall into those patterns. Yeah, right. absolutely. If there's someone listening who's kind of going, hey, I'm in that full protecting, working like a million miles an hour and there's real value in that but I think what we're talking about is how do you get the balance, balance for one of better uh, yeah, way. Yeah, and I think that's I was m- m- grossly out of balance to the point where, you know, even letting men into my life and all those kind of things, like it's quite hard, you know, when you've been a single mum for so long. I've and, got it. I don't and, need to. you know, you've, <laughs> you know, you have some men they they can come and go and and you're just like I'm never going to give up on the fortress I've built that comes to your detriment as well and so I think experience would say being vulnerable isn't is weak um but I think I've just learned to kind of come into sync and own that vulnerability and and it's actually my strength to go hey I'm I'm like this because of this and I'm not okay because of this but I this is how I feel and this is how I'm going to operate and if you don't understand that, then 
you can't come on this journey with me, but it's a very honest journey. I think the honest journey with yourself is probably the first place to start. Yeah, and I guess, the, you know, what would you, what would you advise or what would you encourage others to do or even now if you could go back to yourself? You know, I wouldn't change my purpose because mm. my, my child is my purpose. I mean, he's my absolute anchor. If I didn't have him at such a young age, I, I, you know, I don't think I would have achieved as much as I did. I, it really knocked some sense into me quite early on. Um, and he's some amazing sense of grounding when I'm, I'm quite erratic and emotional and passionate and it can lead me anywhere. He's my grounding sense of strength and my reality of, you know, also operating in an, in an industry that can be quite, um, you know, taken at face value, especially with social media. But I wouldn't change the purpose, but I would change the approach of not being so fiercely inflexible because I was inflexible and I wouldn't give up at it. But, I, but you, need to, you need to take things on and just because you're giving a little part of yourself away doesn't mean it's all going to unravel. Do you have, um, I guess, non-negotiables or rituals that um, that help you to come back into that sense of mm. self when life is busy? I'm in touch on before around social media and um, and you've got a massive amount of following and mm. um, brand awareness out there. Is there things? I think it's that clear from my social media <laughs> that my non-negotiables Pilates, <laughs> but it is, yes. you know, yeah. and it's my sanity. I'm, I'm look, I'm dabbling with my own version of meditation. Um, I've never been one to really meditate in the sense that everyone knows it. I used to do a lot of soft sand running, which was my moving meditation. So, move. I need movement, repetitive movement, to kind of calm down. Yep. Um, but Pilates is when I can block everything out and just focus and isolate muscles and breathe. And, and I know that at the end I'm actually getting a result. So that makes me really happy. I have not much time in my life, so I need to kind of know that we're getting, getting bang for my buck. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have been, um, you know, I've been introduced to a more, I guess, and another, I'd love another word for it, but the spiritual side, I think I need another word for it because sometimes words can get tainted or, you know, misinterpreted, but I'm definitely connecting to um, a, a, a higher self, but it's a, an awareness of nature and earth and I'm an earth sign, so I really had ignored how important the elements are to how I feel. So remembering that it's bigger than me. So I need to go to spaces, um, something like Eden or somewhere like the beach or a cliff where I can actually feel the power of the earth and remember that I'm not, it, my problems aren't as big as they really are. How do you define spiritual or spirituality? Or I before we come up with another word. It's actually, it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just self. I, I keep saying self and it really is. I mean, that's obviously the, the meaning of, you know, the oneness and going inside. Um, but I like just that time out to, to, my meditation is to just tune in to sounds outside, which is quite weird. I guess. Is that something you, do you schedule it in on a really practical level? Is that something you schedule it in or is there a well, moment where you just Well, if I try to go for a it? walk and I'll have that time out, um, no, I need to schedule it in. I actually, there's two rituals that I'm actually going to adopt when I go home. <laughs> and obviously one is sun gazing because I'm super solar powered. Yeah. My yeah, life me is too. solar powered. <laughs> and um, 
I think I really need to give that time of the, the, the rising of the sun. I need to, I, I need to try that horizon gazing and I'm all about seeing water and the horizon because that's your view, that's your future and I don't want to feel trapped. So that's something I'm going to do and also... So sun gazing, being... Being um, on the getting beach. Getting up before getting, Being up before the sunrise and actually watching it come up the, the horizon just for that moment. Um, and the other one is probably to do with fire. That element is quite... Um, evoking for me so I'm looking to get a a fire pit in my backyard just that's when you have that moment whether it's five or ten minutes and you have like I need a a, I need to do something I'm I'm not great at sitting still and I really would I'm trying (laughs) I really am but I think the ritual of doing something that's not that's not your usual routine that's not to do with yourself but to do with an energy that would fill me because I give away so much yeah, that's interesting to notice that is actually where are those moments where I can reach. So I could have capture. 10 minutes being a lizard in the sun and that will absolutely fill me for the day so I can give myself away. Yeah. That's all I need. I, I've only just worked that out, by the way. <laughs> Which is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I knew that years ago. <laughs> I love what you're saying too. It's also about knowing yourself well enough to know what works um, for you? What works for you? Because there's so much advice out there in the wellness stream, and I think we take it on. And we think, well, I need to be the, well, the yogi like, on the mountain. Yeah, you feel like you've got to do what's the going trend. But I think I think try it all. Like I'm into trying it all. Like I, I you know, um, even just from Pilates to to your meditation to Kundalini yoga. To oh, I'm trying all of it because surely there must be something that resonates for me. Yeah, and it's it's not about what's working for everyone else. Where are you seeing some of what you're unveiling and what you're learning cross over into work and business for you? I think um, I think it just gives meaning. What I find with PE Nation, and it's safe to say this, like I said, the impact on women and the messages that I get um, and the, the business get, we all get these messages from these women, especially mothers that feel like, They've, they've done their time and they've got, they don't know what to do and their kids are growing up and it's almost like it's given them a little bit of hope that they can go on and have an, another crack at something, which is really exciting. Um, and the fact that women, you know, that we can multitask. And so I guess the brand is not only just assisting with how you feel and how you train and how you look, but it's also giving, I guess, that inspiration to women to go and do what you want to do. Go and do it because the only person stopping is you. So that's what's that's where this self discovery is quite exciting. And I find my time at night, you know, running back to all these women, um, and it's really nice to connect with our customer at that level, yeah. Not just at a purchase level, but at a at, a, at another level. And I know that it gives meaning to the clothes. So when they wear it, they get they they might feel a little bit of that empowerment through the threads. It's not just colour, it's not just sizing, it's actually this is meaningful for something I'm going to yeah. do. Yeah, and I think after that other podcast I did, I've had lots of feedback that, you know, it, it's made women 
ha- have a better understanding of what it stands for. And they're like, oh, of course I want to wear it every fucking day. I'm like, yes, wear it every fucking day. <laughs> like it's your armour. Yeah. You know, because it is mine. It is Claire's. We, we are armed in it. Yeah. Because it allows us to do what we need to do. Is there something then about um, remembering that when you put it on? Like yeah, it's well, it's being, I think it's a freedom of not being, it's not like a uniform but it's the armor in the sense that yeah, you can train, and yes, you look good, and yes, you feel good. It makes you feel good. It makes you feel like you want to train, and you know that you're kind of still ticking that fashion. But every woman still wants to kind of fit a trend, yeah. regardless of where you're at. If you work in fashion or not, you still want to know that you're kind of presentable. So it kind of ticks all those box boxes without you having to think about it. I love that that essence, and and obviously I can always see and feel your passion around. This is about go and do whatever it is that you want yeah, to do. Well, and if a brand's going to stand for that, it's also got to hold you accountable to that. Yes, as, yes. as the brand. Well, I'm a living, I'm living testament to that. You know, like I, I've had so many past careers, and never, you know, never wanted to run my own business, and you know, always sort of single mom, too hard, got to pay the bills. Like the struggle, the juggle, it's fucking real. That was. You know, it, it it's been it's been tough to say the least, and and you know, and there's been a lot of pain, and I call I mean pain's past judgment, but there's been a lot of obstacles, mm-hmm. emotional ones too, and to overcome all of that, to know that this is my chance to do this for me and to do this for my son yeah. and to get it done, and then along the way pick up other women. It's kind of like that's why Claire and I we call it join the nation because it's like we're in it together. We're going to pick you up and we'll we're in it together. Let's yeah. go. So some of those obstacles and um, you sort of mentioned pain, but it was part of that experience. Is I think you have to go through that. some level of pain or yeah, you know, adversity or hardship because that's where you you really find out what things mean to you. You know, you get your clarity out of those moments. I never used to learn. I used to kind of maybe plow on it and ignore them because you think, but it comes out in other ways. So just learning to sit with that pain and actually breathe through it and then fuel it to achieve in other ways, so a positive out of that. I think that's what P is for me. Yourself and Claire obviously started the the brand and came together. How did that friendship, that relationship come about but also get to the point, like where was that journey to go? Yeah. How did we work well together? Well, we were, we were very lucky us. because we worked together at South and Bayard. So we had a, an amazing working relationship for five years. We sat next to each other. What were your roles? Same. Um, I was senior creative and she was senior designer. So yeah. we had quite a fluid um, understanding of and, and a fluid respect um, and we also had the same design eye, the same aesthetic, we, same energy, same vibe. We were in sync and, to be honest, we, we don't even talk half the time. We talk through pictures and we can absolutely identify what the other one is thinking um, and always on the same page. So the working relationship was there and the friendship kind of came after. So, you know, when the idea came around and we talked about it, it was a no-brainer because I think... Half the problem of entering business with someone is that relationship and having that trust and the right dynamic because it is possibly your greatest relationship in the sense, like, you know, obviously it's not intimate, but but it's pretty intimate because you go through so much together and you need to know that you've each got each other's back. So we already had that. So half of the issues of starting a business... 
you know, because we do have different strengths yep. um, and we identify them. And I think that's the thing is identifying the strengths and the weaknesses and know that one does this and the other one does that and they're equally as important and together you are stronger. Um, that's always been the vision. Is that a constant recalibration as well? Because I imagine what you started even two, two and a half years well, ago. Well, yeah, I think when you start together, it's quite easy to keep that in check. Um, and then as you grow and you have teams and you have to start developing everyone else and it all, you know, there's big picture stuff, there's day-to-day stuff, there's, you know, training people. It starts to all, you know, and then there's the social side of stuff, the front, the front, you know, the front-facing stuff. It can it can all get a bit much, but you know, at the end of the day, I think Claire and I absolutely know that this is this is us together. So, has there been anything that has surprised you about launching PE and and the growth? Oh, I just, I honestly, I think the the how quickly it took to become global was quite a surprise. I think. I mean, we always had our eyes set on a global business, um, but. You know that was that's exciting when. What happened for it to hit global? Like, what was the? Well, we actually launched with a one stockist in Germany, which was quite crazy, um, and then from that it kind of um, you know it kind of grew. But we have all the main premium retailers around the world, which is just insane. Um, and I think for Claire and I though, we've always worked for big businesses, so we've worked for global businesses. So it's not, it's, it's almost like we've gone into autopilot. So that's why sometimes we just kind of keep going and keep going because I think we're trained that way. Yeah. So sometimes. So you knew what they needed. You knew the conversations Yeah, we know the process. Ask. Yes. You, so it's, we weren't learning that. That's not to say, you know, we've been learning a lot about structure and strategy and planning. And, you know, when we worked at Sass and Bide, we weren't necessarily privy to that part of the business. Um, we were just all about the machine and the for- moving forward. We know how to move forward um, and we understand the commerciality, but it's actually a lot of it's the planning and the foresight and actually the, the mechanics of it um, and, uh, the, like I said before, the alignment of all those parts that, that creates potency, you know. This takes a huge amount of energy and there's obviously no... <laughs> no shit. <laughs> and I have got you in the middle of a... Uh, a a detox, health retreat. A health retreat. <laughs> a digital so, detox. <laughs> so this question could be ironic and it's... Um, oh, look, I've, it's safe to say I've been posting yeah. through the digital detox. What's been amazing about the digital detox, though, it's not necessarily going cold turkey. For me, my my phone's always in my hand and I'm always using it on it. It's the allotted time slots. So I do, I'm okay to be away from the phone, but every I have to check in, you know, I check in on my social media, on the business or my son. That's cool. It doesn't mean I'm breaking the digital detox because I actually am not on it 24-7. That's what's awesome. So setting boundaries around it for yourself. And just yeah, good luck space. trying to set them when I'm back home. But like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, do you have any, um, like, what are the things that you say no to, partly to, I mm. guess, protect your energy, but also not have things pulled in a million mm. different directions? And how to practic- How do you practically do that? Because it's a real challenge for yes, a lot of women. I do say yes a lot. I'm a yes person. Um, I do have started to, like, not obviously attend all events and all those kind of things. Like, industry. I do attend a lot of industry events because I'm a big supporter of the industry and I support a lot of my friends who also are in the industry and 
but I've learned I, I could, you know, if I could, I could be at something every night of the week. So generally Monday, Tuesdays and Wednesdays are at home yep. with Justice and there are homework nights. Nice. <laughs> um, that's the grounding that's side. That's the grounding side, <laughs> um, reliving, reliving high school. Um, but then, you know, I always know that maybe some Wednesdays or Thursdays, Fridays, that's, you know, he knows that I need to, I go to events but I come home where I used to might stay out or enjoy it. I actually just do what I'm meant to do, say my bit and come home. Um, yeah, you got to delegate someone to say no for you, I've learned. But and that's a strategy that's useful. Yeah. Um, so I have a team. My team will, they'll acknowledge if I'm exhausted or um, have done a lot that week, they'll, they'll tell me you don't have to do that because I always naturally will say yes. Yeah. <laughs> with... with um the growth of not only the brand but you personally. Mm. Um, so you've worked in that kind of global environment but often it's not been your face and your name no. sitting behind it. Um, but the bigger you get, the more the critiques and the criticisms yes. can come. Yes. How do you how do you deal with mm. that? And that can be a fear at any level. It doesn't have to be at the big global level that you're at no. but even working, working in your business or working for someone else and that sense yeah. of if you put yourself out there other people are gonna knock you down um yeah I I did live a lot in fear of all that and judgment because that was my big problem I judged myself um you know obviously going back to work so quickly after having a baby and working and working and missing out on first all these things that I created my own judgment um, and then when people maybe write on my social media page, um, you know, you're a part-time parent or you don't really show us the other side. It's like the, people don't, you're never going to see the full picture. You're just not going to see it. And so, yeah, the judgment hurts and there's been some really nasty comments and I did take them to heart, but I've just come into a space where, uh, you know, I'm, I'm proud to show my son that what I'm doing is for us. And to do it, I have to make these compromises, but I make them up in other ways where I'm confident he knows I love him and he, as long as he knows I love him and I've got his back and I'm there for him whenever he needs me and I'm whether it be physically or remotely, I am there and he can feel me, I don't give a fuck anymore. But I did. Yes. I used to give a fuck all the time. Yeah. And it kind of ruined me, especially because I'm super sensitive and I have such a, a full-on exterior and I'm quite apparently strong I'm actually not um and that's fine too yeah but as long as I'm okay with what I'm doing and my priorities are right and my intentions are right and they're always right because he is first nothing it's water off a duck's back now yeah yeah and that's a process to get to that point, oh it's it's, it's good it's a good 10 years yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's, taken a, a it's, it's taken a good 10 years um to really be comfortable with the decisions I've made yeah, yeah, and actually really sit in that and be okay, be okay with that. I look at him and he's an amazing child and he's well-balanced and he's smart and he's sensitive and emotional and sporty and, I, you know, I do have a lot to thank. I do thank my parents a lot for that because they were such a great help, um, you know, um, but I also was raised by my grandmother, so I understand that dynamic but, you know, the, the the proof is in the pudding and he's an awesome child, so I must have done something right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's evidence just even in the way you talk about him and express about him that 
that he would know you and know. Oh my and god! Be part you of know who you are. knows me better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's scary <laughs> what he knows. Yeah, but I, yeah, I want him to see that all of that that journey too. Like, I think some parents are quite scared to really expose a lot of the truth. I mean, I do think he's seen a lot. I just naturally like it's just you know it's him and I at home and he sees all. He sees it all mm. and he sees the emotional journey as well. Um, obviously some things are guarded from him, but I need him to see what's happened to understand. So he's a very well balanced. He gets it. He's, there's no, he, he sees it for what it is. And I think that's really important. Yeah. He's co- well, the communication, you know, it's honest. And emotions are real, right? They're not something that we have to tiptoe around or yeah. step around. I have a son who's 11 and, and uh, you know, he's at a point at, right at the moment, any time I go away he gets really teary and yeah. and I want to embrace those tears. It's not yeah. about, well, don't cry or anything. No, so feel that. It it's is. cool, it's yeah, really but, but I'm coming back. Totally. <laughs> and I'm going to go on this journey yeah. and when I come back I'm going to tell you some great stories and it's going to inspire you to be a greater person. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm better going back, going out and coming back and feeding the richness back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, rich and important, important life. Mm. What's exciting you about what's next? It's just, it's just more, more, more. And I mean more just, you know, I'm really, I'm really lucky that I love what I do and I and um, I love everyone I work with and I love what we've produced and I just feel like it needs, we need to just keep going and doing more. It's not necessarily what it is or what's next, but it's about touching more people, you know. Becoming a household name would be the epitome of that, you know. What about for yourself? Oh, I need less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the irony. Uh, the irony. Yes. I need more time to be less physical and be more internal. And that calm, I need a little bit more calm. Yeah. But I, but I'm so used to operating in hysteria. Mm-hmm. Like I know how to handle that. It's always I don't know how. I don't know how to handle calm. So yeah. just learning how to do that. And that wouldn't be unusual either, I think, in this day and age of more and more and more that we no, need to be doing. But just giving into your body and what it's telling you rather than, like, I I push on. I, I'm, I'm, some of my friends call me la machine. Like, I just <laughs> keep going. And it always happens on Christmas Day. I just fall in a heap because it's like, it's you know, it's like that one time of the year where you just literally everyone's off. Yeah. So you can actually be off. Yeah. And I always fall sick. I never fall sick during the year. I'm always, but I need to find, it can't just always happen at that time. I need to fill along the way. So um, I'm excited about that. Learning that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Having those moments of solar power. Solar power. How is it? It's <laughs> awesome. It's true. Yeah. We just had 20 days straight of rain in Sydney. And I tell you what, I was not happy. No. Yeah. And I kind of have a dip in winter as well. 
Oh, I'm very much like you. I'm years, um, a couple of years living up in Darwin. So Gold Coast is as <laughs> far south as I want to live at the moment. Totally. So, yeah, keep You've the warmth, keep out. the sun. <laughs> for sure. I want to come full circle. So the name of this podcast is called Standout Life. Yes. When you hear that term, what does that mean to you in terms of where you're mm. at right now? What does it mean to you to live a standout life? Standout is I mean you know maybe to some people that means to be um what stand out like to be different um I think for me stand out means to stand with yourself stand out like not become a uniform or some or part of something to stand to just to stand as yourself yeah I think so no no, 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 it totally is. If that's, yeah, no way. To stand as yourself. Just be who you are. Yeah. Just to be in that presence. Yeah. It doesn't have to mean anything to anyone no. else. No, and I think, um, yeah, like you said, you've obviously caught me in the middle of a, um, <laughs> a health retreat, which is about understanding all those dynamics. Um, and I think what's happening for me now is um, I, have a, I have a front-facing profile that is that is sometimes um, people is quite different to. If you know me, I'm not different. Yeah. I am the same person out and in. But for people that are, I have another side, and it's about bringing that emotional side, or that sensitive or that deeper side to the front as well, because it's very much an important part of who I am. So that I'm trying to instead of having two personalities, trying to have one. And feel really sit really mm. comfortably in mm. that. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, really it started powerful. a few years ago when you know you can be at a function or something and people ask you how are you, and I'd be like, I'm actually shit. And it's really kind of cool to kind of. I mean, I obviously I I wear my heart on my sleeve and probably talk a bit too much with my with honesty, but I think um, that safeguards you because you don't have to keep up a pretense or or you know deny yourself or sweep it under the carpet so has that changed for you is that is that something new that you've started in yeah terms of actually just sharing maybe sharing that? the the real um you know the real struggle or the real journey to this outward success and I, and I, success is just shit word as well because it's not it's it, success means so many different things for different people but Success is just being in a really good space that you, you're just really happy to be there and you're just doing your thing. Yeah. It's not, there's, you know, there's, no, there's not a monetary element to it or, a, or this a lifestyle element or an aesthetic to it. It's just you're in your element. That's, you know. Yeah, feeling true to you. Beautiful. Pip, thank you so much for your time. I'll let you go back to the mountain. Oh, yeah. Go back to, back to my Pilates <laughs> and soak it up as much as you can. It's been such a delight. Oh, thank you for having me. If you've enjoyed today's episode, then there's every chance that you might also enjoy reading a copy of my book called Stand Out, a real world guide to get clear, find purpose and become the boss of busy. You can grab a copy by heading to my website, www.alisonhill.com.au. If you liked what you heard in this episode, I'd love it if you could take a few moments, pop over to iTunes and give this podcast a quick rating so that we can continue to share these conversations with people around the world. 
As always, I'm Ali Hill and this is Standout Life.